amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Faith and Gold is provided by Continental Diamond, Canterbury Park, JTR Roofing, and Faith Family Church. Here's the host of Faith and Gold, the voice of the Minnesota Vikings, Paul Allen. Leslie Frazier is such a wonderful, beautiful man. He coached the Minnesota Vikings from the middle of 2010 until the end of a woe-begone 2013 season. In fact, middle of 2010, I'll never forget when the Minnesota Vikings beat uh, then the Washington Redskins, now the WFT, WTF, or Commanders. And it was the first victory as the interim head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Chad Greenway, Ben Lieber, a bunch of members of the Vikings defense, they hugged and surrounded and loved on Leslie Frazier because that's the kind of man Leslie is. He's easy to love. He has a heart of gold. And that's where it all started for Leslie as a head coach. Then he was uh, the head coach of the Vikings in 2011, 12, and 13. This is Faith in Gold 20. And the pod this week originated from Indianapolis at the NFL Scouting Combine. Faith is the operative word here because Leslie and I openly share our faith in the Bible, a higher power, and the inspired word of God. We pray many times a day and surrender our will to that of God's. There's a vulnerability that comes with that, and it's absolutely not for everyone, and that's okay. Leslie is the associate head coach and defensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills. And the NFL Scouting Combine is all about faith. Faith in college kids taking the next step to the NFL and the mitigating factors that go into drafting somebody and making them millionaires. For some, they start getting those checks and the battle has been won. Then they lose focus, fizzle out, and life can be a grind for like, oh, 60 years. The Combine can be... An image-first factory full of propaganda and subterfuge laced with faith and hope that you land with the right team and the right coach and system, and it clicks. And the unique gifts with which God blessed you are on full display for many, many years. Faith in the inspired word of God trumps faith in coaches and players and money and prominence. Leslie Frazier gets that and loves when he gets the opportunity to share. Like with this, it's Faith and Goal episode 20, and it starts now. Faith and Goal. You, you guys keep getting so close. You guys are so close. And, and you got talent, too, in that quarterback. Holy cow. Yeah. He came out of Wyoming. I never would have guessed his accuracy would have been where it is. His running's unbelievable. But what do you think's needed for you guys to get over the hump? Man, you're right. We're so close, PA. Um, and, you know, hopefully 2022 will be that year. As you know, every year is a little bit different in our league. And 
Uh, you come to training camp, you go through all the hard work that you go through to prepare to get back to that, uh, get back to the playoffs and hopefully to the Super Bowl. That's the goal of every team in our league. And uh, we're going to do all we can to get back there, but every year is different. Uh, you know, we are talented enough, uh, but there are going to be some changes in our offseason. We're going to probably gain some guys, yeah. but we're going to also lose some guys. So mm-hmm. uh, it'll be a different team and with different challenges in 2022. Josh Allen, he's phenomenal. I mean, he is what a wonderful quarterback he is, Leslie. And a terrific person as well. You love him. Uh, Does he practice the way he plays? He does. He's so competitive. Uh, He wants to win every drill. You know, we get a chance to go against each other in the OTAs and then in training camp. And, you know, Josh is very competitive, which is what you love in great players. And, you know, every situation is important to him, and it shows up when we line up and play opponents. He's – you know, you, you feel like you have a chance to win every Sunday because of his play and the way he prepares. Yeah. He puts that same effort into practice. Now, Leslie Frazier, now, now that you've seen Stephon Diggs, you practice against him, he's on your team. Have you seen many receivers in your career who run better routes than Stephon Diggs, specifically the top of the route, the way he sells it? Yeah, there aren't many that run routes better than Stephon. He's special in so many ways. And then his, his competitive spirit as well. He's, he's a guy, as you know, who never feels like he's covered. Uh, every situation, he feels like he can get open, and he always wants the ball. And that's what you want out of a great receiver. But his route running is exceptional. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that competitive spirit is what separates him to me from other receivers in our league. He just he has that, that innate ability to find a way to get open yeah. because of his competitive spirit. Yeah, now, now I'm tripping on the receiver's name. Gabriel Davis, right? Yeah, Gabe Davis. Yeah, 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 Gabe Davis. You got him in what was widely considered the greatest wide receiver draft in the history of the NFL. And I believe it, man. The, we got J.J. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys got Gabe deep in the draft. There's like right. Darnell Mooney from Chicago. They got him in the fifth round. Mm-hmm. But now I know things didn't work out well for you in that game where he had four touchdowns. He had four, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I and, and again, I'm sorry you lost. I felt so good for that young man yeah. because players like that may not you know, may never have a, a huge day like that. So it was that had to be weird to like look at. Right. Because you lost the game. But good for this guy, man. Everybody talks about Josh. Everybody talks about Steph. Your defense, number one in the NFL, number one pass defense. That's the identity of the Buffalo Bills. Here's this guy catching four touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, Gabe uh, had a terrific season for us. He's kind of like the unsung hero when you're playing alongside of Stephon. And you have Cole Beasley, who's yeah. an outstanding slot receiver. And then oh, Eric, that tight end, too. And our tight end, hey. Dawson. Dawson Knox is excellent as well. And then and then here comes Gabe, who kind of kind of gets lost, but – He's an outstanding player in this show in that playoff game, and he has a great career ahead of him. So we are very talented at, at receiver for That's sure. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, with, uh, with the draft coming up, you know, you got free agency first. But, I mean, I'll be in here a couple of days. I'm not saying, you know, I don't know enough about it to be like bad offensive draft, good defensive draft. But, man, I'm just hearing so many good things about all these corners mm. in the draft. It, it, from what you know now, do you see it that way, that this looks like a good cornerback draft? That's what I'm being told. We're still digging into the yeah. draft, so I'm still getting a better feel for each position. Mm-hmm. But based on what our scouts are telling me, it should be a deep draft for corners. And now we'll get a chance to watch them here at this combine and get a better feel for them. Yeah. Are, are you also hearing and or feeling good draft for defense just like overall? Yeah. It sounds like the secondary positions that may be a little bit deeper, mm-hmm. uh, the, 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 the pass rush doesn't sound like it's as deep as you'd like for it to be as a, as a defensive coordinator. You know, yeah. you're always looking for pass rushers. Yeah. Uh, but it should be a good draft for defensive players. Uh, is it ever difficult being a devout man of faith in a world like the NFL? 
Um, I don't want to say difficult. I mean, it presents challenges, uh, but I don't, I don't want to say difficult because my faith is what helps me to get through some of the challenges of, of coaching in the National Football League. And uh, to me, PA, without uh, faith to be able to do this for a living, mm. man, it's, it's so hard. It's so competitive to try to win every Sunday, the preparation that goes into it, and uh, there are going to be some defeats. So how do you deal with that? And if you aren't a person of faith, you, you know, there are some that will go to different outlets to deal with some of the stress. It could be drugs, it could be alcohol, it could be whatever. And that's not where you want to be. There's a reason why anxiety, uh, depression is so prevalent, not just in our society, but even in coaching. Uh, you need a way to be able to decompress. And sometimes you have to be able to do that in a moment. Yeah. And my faith is what helps me to be able to do that. Even on the sidelines, my, my faith helps me uh, in certain moments. And uh, so for me, I don't, I don't see it as a difficulty. I see it more as something that really sustains me and allows me to be who I am as a coach. Le- Leslie, h- how do you know, like, like, what are some keys for a person of faith for, I mean, the, to- the totality of your life, right? I mean, this has been significant to you all of your life, right? Or most of it? Most of my life, Okay, yeah. so... So, like, for me, you know, I'm a biblical baby where three and a half years ago, I didn't know Jesus was God on earth. I had never read the Bible. Now it's the only thing I ever want to talk about, think about, study Matthew, let's say Matthew chapter five, verses 13 to 15. Some people will read words in a book. You are the salt of the earth. I will read you are the salt of the earth and go, you Christians are not should be salt preserving what's good mm-hmm. of the earth, the world in decay. Mm-hmm. So that's like the only way that I think yeah. it's not for everybody. No. So, so like, like how do you know when you can take a chat down the biblical road without offending somebody? Yeah. Uh, for me, it really uh, comes back to being led by the spirit and not allowing my flesh to get in the way. Cause you know, in, in the form that I'm in uh, as a, as a, as a coach uh, it's, it's important that, uh, and I'm in public places where it's not always I'm surrounded by other believers. Uh, I have to be sensitive to that as well. Yeah. So uh, I have to be conscious of the fact that uh, there are others who may not believe the way I believe. Uh, but when the opportunity presents itself, when the spirit allows, then it's my chance or my opportunity to share my faith. Yeah. And sometimes, uh, Paul, it is my share of my faith through my actions, not necessarily my words. Amen. Uh, that's just by the way I walk or the way I handle certain situations. The peace but, you have when things are hot. Yeah, yeah, that, that's important. You know, how you deal with adversity, uh, how you deal with some of the highs that come along in our profession. Uh, that also is a witness to others without you ever saying, hey, you know, you, that there is a difference between uh, heaven and hell. Uh, without going down that road, mm-hmm. just the way you live your life can sometimes be a witness to someone. Do, do you, you know, because when you talk to people who are just starting to read the Bible or, or they may know a lot more about the New Testament where Jesus dies on the cross, he's resurrected, and he died for our sins. Now, the Old Testament, you know, I'm finding with those with whom I minister or, or chat with my preach and teach stuff like that, they just can't get real comfortable with the old Testament because they're just like this God who is Jesus. He's a God of wrath. There's just too much yeah. wrath where I take the word wrath out and I replace it with love yeah. because I think the, the Bible is a love story and, and there may be some situations that seem untoward or vicious or mean the way we look at life in 2022, but 
putting yourself in that genre at that time, and they slept on dirt. And when when he says, you know, give us this day our daily bread, they didn't have any food. Yeah. You know, so they're praying for it and begging for it and stuff like that. Is 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 when 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 it comes to the Old Testament, do do you believe knowing the totality of the Bible is very important? I do. I think it's extremely important. That's the the Bible is, and I do believe that the Bible is the infallible Word of God. So. Uh, what you see in Genesis through Revelations, yep. that is the word of God. So I don't want to uh, nullify the Old Testament. I understand the context that the Old Testament is in. I mean, that's that's the law. I mean, that, yep. that, the t- Ten Commandments are in the Old Testament and Deuteronomy. That allows us to, at least uh, during that generation, this is how we live. This is what God God's commands are uh, in the way that we would live our life. Now, Christ came and there is a new beginning in, in, in the name of Jesus. That's, that changes everything. Uh, his resurrection, his death on the cross uh, changes things. No longer do you have to make a sacrifice to yeah. atone for sins. That sacrifice was Christ. He died on the cross for our sins. So uh, in, in that context and understanding uh, the purpose and what, what the Old Testament's purpose was and what the New Testament brings, helps me to understand the Bible in its totality and, and what, what our re- requirement is and what our responsibility is as believers. Yeah. Uh, it's important that I understand the Old Testament. It's important that I understand the New Testament as well. You, um, um, do you ever lay in bed or maybe you're in your office and it's a quiet time in your car or whatever? And, and the Apostle John, okay, John, who was given the vision from God while on uh, an island called Patmos, he was enslaved for, for believing in Christ. He's the only believed to be the, the only writer of the Gospels who, you know, didn't have his head cut off or didn't die like Peter or Paul or whatever. Do you ever wonder what it would have been like to be one of those disciples walking with Christ and how, A, how difficult it must have been how how beautiful you know it was, but then at the end of the equation, because you're unrelenting with your belief in the Messiah and and to share it throughout the ancient Near East, it, it you're going to get your head cut off, or you might get thrown into lava, you know, or you're going to die an awful death, but you're not scared. Per Philippians four six seven, don't be anxious. Have thanksgiving and supplication for what is good with those blessings. You ever thought what it would have been like to walk? Uh, as as a disciple, yeah. Then, you know, because you walk as a disciple now, but you know what I mean. Well, yes, and there are people that are losing their lives today in different parts of the country, right? Uh, because of their faith of the world, different parts of the world yeah. because of their faith. And so, you know, I'm conscious of that. Mm. I understand the blessings that we have, you and I, to be able to share our faith uh, without worrying about being in prison. Uh, but there are those, uh, as you know, Paul, that. Uh, find themselves in a prison of a different sort. Yeah. Afraid to share their faith because of how they're going to be viewed. Yeah. Uh, how mm. they're going to be ostracized. That's 2022. That and that's 2022. So, mm. yeah, there are times, you know, you think about uh, what it would have been like, but I also know that God has put us here for such a time as this to share the good news. We are those disciples. That's our responsibility to be able to get the word out because there are people that are hungry and they want the word. They want to find what, what, there has to be something better. I just don't know what it is. What can fill this void? Is it money? Is it fame? Yeah. Uh, is it recognition? What can fill that void? Well, that's where we come in at, as Christ's disciples, being able to share the good news. Hey, there's another way. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that my life is going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that I'm going to be immune to challenges and adversity. 
But what it does mean, there's a peace that surpasses all understanding. I want to share how you acquire that peace. Yeah. And it's through his son, uh, Jesus Christ. And, and it's not made up. It's You and I are not crazy, okay? You, you and I don't make this up because we just want to win arguments. I mean, when the Holy Spirit gets inside your heart with an effectual calling or however he gets in there, it's not of convenience because he chose us. We didn't choose him. You know, so therefore you may wait all your life and and look back at your life and be like, damn, I should have gone to jail there. I should have been fired here. I should have done this here, you know, and then you look back at it and and where you are in your life at this moment. And you just put your palms up and say, thank you, Father. Amen. I now see it. And and now not only do I see it, but in my case, I want to take these microphones and I want to take this following he's given me and I want to spread the word of God. And then. But see, then for me, because it's so new being a biblical baby, I get frustrated that not everybody wants to come in and talk about it all the time and live it. And it doesn't mean you have to be perfect because we're not Jesus. We're not God. But nevertheless, that's where I am, like at my stage of my journey, where I put so much time into it. I love it so much. I know it's so right. But when everybody else doesn't see it that way, it gets frustrating. Yeah, there there are moments like that. And, um, you know, the, the love that you're describing, the love that you have for your fellow man, that's exactly where the Lord wants us to be, uh, where we are sensitive to the need that's out there. And you want to see everyone have this, the, the peace that you have to have, uh, the, the understanding that you have about the fact that there's something better than what they may be chasing. Yeah. Uh, I was at church on Sunday uh, at Rick Warren's church. And, and if you have a chance to take a listen to this, uh, even if you go online. Yeah. Well, I've watched them on YouTube. They were talking about uh, God moments in your life, re- re- referencing what you just mentioned. There are yeah. so many times you look back and you just see how it's just the grace of God that I was able to get through that moment yeah. uh, where I could have went left when I went right. Yeah. You know, what made me make this decision versus that decision? Mm-hmm. You no, know, it was only great God, the, the, the grace of God that I was able to survive that particular situation. So, uh, those God moments, man, that's what solidifies our faith. That's what encourages us yeah. and makes us want to encourage others as well. Yeah. You want to see other people have the same joy that we have. Uh, not that it's going to be perfect like you mentioned. There are mm-hmm. going to be some ups and downs. But one thing that, because we're still in a spiritual battle, Ephesians 6, chapter 10 through 16 talks to us about that. Amen. So we know this is going to be ongoing. Uh, but. The one thing the evil one can't take away from us, Paul, is the joy that we have in our Savior. And that's what we hold on to. And that's what gives us hope and allows us to want to help others and be able to reach out and, and, and show the kind of love and compassion that, that Christ has shown for us. Because it's his grace, man, that, that we want to exemplify. Uh, we want to be able to serve others and make sure that they are aware that there's another way. But we are those disciples. It's our responsibility to go out and share the good news. And and when you know Christ, you don't want to keep that to yourself. Right. You know, you want to spread that news. You want to help others if you can. And, and that's, that's the life that we live. Leslie, Le- Leslie, uh, how important is prayer to you? It's extremely important. My, you, you pray multiple times a day, don't you? Throughout the day. Yeah. I mean, uh, I Same. could be driving in my car and yep. you know, like walking down these, these hallways and talking to the Lord. But that's, yep. that's my opportunity to communicate with God about whatever that's going on in my life Mm -hmm. and and praying for others as well, friends, relatives, loved ones, enemies, uh, but just constantly being in prayer. 
and talking to God for yes, sure. Sir. Prayer is extremely important. Yeah, yes, sir. And, and, and running the balance, because it says in the Bible, specifically in the New Testament, if you ask, you shall receive. And, and you know, what I teach and what I share with people is if you believe every word in the Bible, just for the way you're looking at it, it's going to be a bleak existence because you need to unpack it and understand it is an I, not thy world. Yeah. We live thy, not I. So therefore, if you come into every prayer just saying like, hey, I'm going for this job. Father, please guide me to this job. Hey, this bonus is up there. I need to get this bonus. Father, please hook me up. It's going to be a dark existence if you're not glorifying God for everything, the nine out of ten things you have in your life that are just beautiful and and glorifying him and his greatness and his sovereign nature. And it says in the book of Matthew, when when the Lord is teaching the disciples how to pray and and he teaches our father art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth uh, as it is in heaven. You understand what I'm saying here is too many people, I think, come into prayer and I'm not, you know, I'm not preaching on like telling people not to pray, but I mean, there's a fine line, don't you think, between making it about what you need as opposed to who gives it to you? Yeah, I think it's it's so important that when you pray, just come as you are. Just talk to God, just like we're talking now, Paul. I mean, that's, he wants us in communication with him. For that non-believer who may be listening to this podcast. Just come to God where you are. Just talk to him and, and, and share that, hey, you know what? This conversation that Paul and Leslie are, are having, uh, that peace, that joy that they're referencing, I want that in my life. Yeah. Just talk to him just like we're talking now, and God will hear your prayer. Right. And if you want him in your life, if you want to ask Christ to be your Savior, he, he knows your heart. Mm-hmm. He knows the sincerity in that prayer. Yeah. And he'll accept you. As 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 your Lord and Savior, right there at that very moment. And so, when you were born, He had it set up for that moment. At age thirty, forty, whatever yeah. it is, here's yeah. when it's going to happen. Yeah. You don't see it, but it's right. going to happen right there. And guess what? I'm going to deny you the first time, and then you're going to come back the next day, right. and then it's, and then yeah. then you're going to feel something. It's going to be a stimulation. It's really hard to explain the stimulation for those who don't accept or are not willing to recognize Leslie in a world where you know whether it's the pandemic whether it's social injustice no matter what it is is people want to be told what to do less than ever right now and and you know you can take that and most live i before thy and i've been selfish you've been selfish Mm -hmm. i'm selfish now you know but nevertheless it's that if that's the baseline of your life i before thy my will before god's will then God's going to wait for you. He's never going to leave. The Holy Spirit's never going to leave. He's just waiting for you, right? Yeah, it's just a matter of uh, my recognizing that I'm lost. It, I mean, at some point, you got to say that you got you to recognize it. Even though you're witnessing, Paul, or you're sharing, if I don't see it, if I, if I say, you know, I'm not so bad, I'm all right, mm-hmm. especially if I compare myself to this person or that person, well, it's going to be hard yeah. for God to really minister to you. That has to come to a point in your life where you say what you say. You know what? What I'm doing is not working. I don't. I don't want to be in this state of this state where I am anymore. Uh, what, what what can what can I do to change? Well, what what I can do is turn to God and say, you know what, Lord, I I, I want what they're talking about. I I want my life to change. And what do I have to do? 
the only thing I have to do is say, Lord, come into my life. Be my, my, my personal Savior. Forgive me for my sins. Amen. Both conscious and unconscious. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness through the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. That's it. That's the, that's the prayer. Yeah. There's no bolt of lightning that's going to fly from the sky. Yep. Uh, might not have doves above you. Might not have doves above you. <laughs> no exactly. fire, no water yeah. over here. But, but God hears that prayer of, of, of the righteous heart. Yeah. And from that point on, man, your life will change. Now, it's going to be important mm -hmm. that you get into a situation where you can be a disciple like we're talking about and, and someone can help you to grow in your faith. You need to become a part of a church. You need to be able to get in the word on a daily basis so you can grow. And when Satan comes at you with, with, with different things, you'll be able to, to fight him off with God's word. I mean, that's important. Mm -hmm. So there, there is a, a, some steps that you'll need to take going forward. Yeah. But God will provide you with those steps yep. if you are willing to take the first step. And that's to ask him into your life as your personal savior. That's the first step. That's, yeah. that's the first prayer. Yeah. And, and the, he'll give you humility. You know, you, you, you've made a lot of money in your career. You, you've won the Super Bowl twice, yes. player and coach. You're, you're assistant head coach, defensive coordinator for a National Football League team. So you're going to be out like St. Elmo's here in Indianapolis or whatever. People are going to want to talk about cover two. Yeah. They're going to want to talk about, hey, in that Kansas City game, why did this happen? Yeah. Because that's how they identify you. With me, they're, hey, Paul, can you yell and he's loose? Can you redo the Minneapolis Miracle or Favre at New Orleans in the NFC title game? And that's what they know and what they want to hear, and that's beautiful. That's not our identity. No. And, you know, your, your identity is not that of an assistant associate head coach, defensive coordinator, or me play-by-play -play voice of the Minnesota Vikings. Right. Our identities are serving God yes. on a daily basis with fellowship like this. Would you agree? Absolutely. And for some, Paul, that rubs them the wrong way because right. they would rather hear you uh, just promote the miracle in mm. Minneapolis mm -hmm. or me uh, re go back and talk about the Super Bowl shuffle. But yeah. uh, <laughs> those are part of our lives. You refrigerator Perry <laughs> yes. right in the Old Testament. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a part of our life, but that's not what defines yeah. us, as you mentioned. And yep. uh, it would be a disservice to what we say we believe to not share our faith. Yep. I mean, God has called us to do that. He's, yeah, he's, he's provided this pedestal that we have, this platform that we mm -hmm. have. Uh, but that is to bring glory to his name. And, and that's what we want to be able to do. That's what this podcast is all about today. Now, we, I mean, I've wanted to tell you this and make it public forever. I learned so much from you when you were head coach of the Minnesota Vikings or in 07 when Tomlin leaves and you come in, your defensive coordinator, you know, in Adrian's rookie season for Childress. And, I, and what I didn't know I was learning, I now know. It's like, you know, when I, when I preach or when I teach to have the opportunity to say, what I saw and knew, I now see and know. Mm. And part of it is how you handled conflict, how you handled being a black head coach in the National Football League and people peppering you with, hey, you know, you're one of the few black coaches in the NFL. And, you know, you grew up here and went through all this and everything and just absorbing it and listening to it and watching your actions. And I didn't know what I was seeing then until like I know now. And uh, it's like first John per the book of first John, when you know, you know, and now we know. And, you know, to that has, has scripture ever come into play with you, Leslie, when it comes to helping players who are struggling off the field, has that ever come in handy? Oh yeah, absolutely. Many times where, I, I can think of times where certain passages in the Bible will apply to what a player is going through. 
And some of those occasions in Minnesota where we would have some players who may have been dealing with some things or Buffalo or some of the other stops that I've been at, uh, and I'll reference some of the things that Paul went through. I'll reference some of the things that Moses went through and reflect on how I would, would interpret that God would want us to handle this particular situation mm-hmm. without really getting into Scripture. There are times where yep. we, we can get into Scripture, but that's brilliant. I'll use some of those examples from Scripture to help a player get through certain situations. And uh, I had a player uh, call me just a few days ago uh, who, you know, his, his contract situation is coming up. And he just wanted to get my thoughts. He, uh, he wanted to. He, he started off all. He said, "I just wanted to see how you're doing, coach." Yeah. And then it kind of goes <laughs> to his contract. Yeah, right. So I knew uh, you know, he had an ulterior motive for the call. Yeah. But uh, I referenced, you know, some of the things that that God talks about in Scripture that you don't want to let money drive you. You really want to make sure that you are doing what God has called you to do, and then just have peace about the situation. Don't get caught up in. Uh, some of the things that the media may say or, or some of the things that friends and family may be, may, may be talking about. Yeah. Uh, but just have peace in knowing, man, you've done all that you can do, and then you just trust. You walk by faith in this situation. And so I'm referencing Scripture without you know, beating them across the head with the Bible. But That's I want perfect. But to understand that you don't have to walk in fear yeah. when it comes to this new contract, but just trust. Yeah. Trust what you believe. Yeah, and if they want more— God will guide them to get more. Exactly. You know, and, and man, we could do this for three hours, but I'm just thinking about back when you won that Super Bowl with the Indianapolis Colts. And mm-hmm. Tony Dungy was one of the first guests I had on Faith and Goal. And mm-hmm. to think of you and Tony together, and because it's so important surrounding yourself with the right kind of positive people to empower you and the drift's going to happen. And, and per Revelation 12, the devil gets to win, you know, but he's not going to win the war. You and Tony together, man. I mean, being believers the way you are, that what, what a beautiful time of your life, right? Oh, it's outstanding. Actually, when I flew in last night and I got to my hotel, Tony was in the lobby and waiting on me so that we could get a chance to talk because he was in just overnight. He's flying out today. And we stayed up to 11, 12 o'clock at night just talking and going through some of those moments as well as just encouraging one another just like we're doing now as believers. And, I mean, that was a special time uh, when we were able to work together. It's a special friendship and one that I told him last night, I said, I'm so thankful that I have another brother that I can call sometimes uh, during the season and say, hey, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And, yeah. You know, you're getting it from a spiritual perspective, but you're also getting it from a guy who's coaching this league for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Did a lot of great things in this league. So it's a blessing to have, you know, Tony in my life, like, like it is, for, you know, with you as well. And uh, very, very fortunate for our time together here in Indy. Yeah. And the fact that we were able to get a ring together as well. Well, I mean, we are, we always knew this, but we never said it, but we're brothers from another mother, yeah. yet the same father. Amen. And to be able to recognize that on faith and goal, I can't thank you enough, Leslie. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, deep stretch scripture takes us to the uh, book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 9. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Eric Nordquist produces, and I'm Paul Allen. That's Faith and Goal. Thanks for listening.
Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. 